second reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. Hear the word of the Lord. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Palm Sunday is the most convoluted Sunday in the entire church year. Here we are at the end of Lent. It's been a season of testing, a time of the wilderness. Many of us have attempted to give something up. Sweets, swearing, caffeinated beverages, other types of beverages... And most of us who've tried to give something up have failed. We are yearning for spring, for Easter. We're yearning for an end to this season of testing and trial. Fat Tuesday was a long time ago. Those calories have long since burned off. You know what I'm saying? And here comes this convoluted and confounding Sunday. Palm Sunday with all of its talk of donkeys and tree branches, shouts of loud hosanna are suddenly ringing. We've got kids waving foliage around for Pete's sake. We're waving foliage around like we're a bunch of crazies. What happened to Lent? Are we still in it? Can I have chocolate yet? After the long season of Lent, now we're getting worked into a froth as we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, we all sing, All glory, laud, and honor to the Redeemer King. And the organ is killing it. We hear, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. We hear the story how Jesus procures a donkey or a colt on which to ride. Tell them the Lord needs it. Who's the Lord? Jesus. 
He's finally taking the authority that's his. He's been keeping it quiet up till now. But here Jesus takes what's rightfully his. He takes a donkey and he takes a city. He's ready to show the world who's in charge. Jesus could have walked into the city. He's been walking around the entire Holy Land with his buddies up till now. Walking and talking. That's what Jesus does. And now here he's coming into the city. And as he's coming, he says, the Lord needs a donkey. Well, why a donkey? It seems odd to us. But in the first century, kings and gods rode donkeys in victory processions into the gates of a city. In the 21st century, Jesus would have said, get me a motorcade. The president needs it. But in the first century, Jesus commandeers a donkey on which to ride into the city gates of Jerusalem. This is an unambiguous sign to all around that Jesus is the king, a divinely appointed and anointed king, literally the Messiah, the one who's been anointed for a special purpose to rule. And this man means business. He's not to be trifled with. He's the one to rule and lead the people. Don't be confused by the donkey. Jesus is exercising his authority here. Tell them, the Lord needs it. Jesus is doing what kings do. Palm Sunday gives us a triumphant, saving king. It gives us the Jesus we really, really want. That's why it's the most convoluted and complicated Sunday of the entire year. Because it gives us the Jesus that we really, really, really want. The inhabitants of Jerusalem really wanted Jesus to be the king. Look at what they do. They spread out their coats on the ground to make a red carpet for the king to ride in on. They wave branches, which is what you do in a celebration a festival for a religious and political uh, celebration of the king. They quote scripture. Blessed is the king, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Nobody can keep quiet when Jesus is coming into town like this. Even the rocks would cry out. Everyone and everything is compelled to celebrate the coming and conquering king. You can't keep it quiet. The text that the people quote is Psalm 118, the one that we read. It's a festival song. And as we saw, the text celebrates the king's just rulership and profound conquest in the name of the Lord. In the psalm, the king speaks, I will look on triumph on those who hate me. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. All the nations surround me, and I cut them off. In fact, this is a little bit of a euphemism here. In Hebrew, it's I cut them to pieces. All those nations who are seen as one unified, terrifying whole, the king cuts them to pieces. In the name of the Lord, I 
cut them to pieces. It's like the king is disarticulating his enemies, hewing them up through the name of the Lord. It's the Lord's power, and the Lord's name is like a weapon that the king uses against these enemies. The psalm goes on. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but I shall live. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I shall enter in. This is the gate of the Lord, and the righteous shall enter through it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a day of victory. That's why there's rejoicing. This is the day that the king has won the victory. And the victory for the king means salvation from the people, from all of their enemies. So the people say, blessed is the one who comes in the powerful name of the Lord. As Jesus mounted the donkey and rode into the city, the people thought, ah, Psalm 118. We know this script. This is the king we've been waiting for. We are an occupied people, oppressed by foreign rulers who deny us freedom and our own way of governing ourselves. We have tyrants in our midst, but look who's coming through those gates of righteousness. We've heard about this guy, the miracles the spellbinding teaching. We know what's coming next. But again, Palm Sunday is the most convoluted day of the liturgical year. Because just as we are swept up in the hope for a conquering righteous king, Jesus begins to disappoint. He disappoints the people hoping for a Messiah. Jesus shatters their expectations. This Jesus, so full of authority, is beaten, betrayed, tried, hung up, executed. He's dead. Above his head reads, King of the Jews. And with that public execution, All expectations, all hopes for salvation are shattered. It would be nice if the story ended on Palm Sunday. It's a seductive Sunday. And there are many who prefer King Jesus on Palm Sunday to King Jesus on Easter Sunday. The Palm Sunday Jesus is more inspiring and easy to get behind. This is the mission accomplished Jesus. The Jesus in the flight suit that lands on the aircraft carrier in an amazing show of strength, proclaiming liberation from tyranny. But this isn't the Jesus that we actually have. We have the betrayed Jesus, the beaten Jesus, the forsaken Jesus. It's hard to understand this Jesus because this is the one. This is the guy who taught his disciples to pray and to end their prayers this way. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Actually, the more accurate translation of the text of the prayer from Matthew says, Do not bring us to the time of trial and rescue us from evil or rescue us from the evil one. That's how the prayer ends in Matthew. This prayer goes unanswered this week. Jesus taught this prayer and Jesus prayed it himself. Do not bring us to the time of trial. Jesus was brought to the time of trial. A literal trial. Rescue us from evil. Jesus was not rescued from evil. I prefer the Palm Sunday King with authority and dominion. I prefer that Jesus to the one who utters unanswered prayers alone in the night and alone on the cross. If you're honest, you prefer Palm Sunday Jesus too. On this convoluted Sunday, we are confounded by a Jesus who shatters all of our expectations of kingship, of power, and of glory. And next Sunday, that crucified, dead, and buried king will confound us again. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.